Welcome to the Casual Investor Podcast. Here is your host, Stephen Mayer. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Casual Investor Podcast. Today's episode, we're going to be covering Uber and its upcoming IPO, or initial public offering. So Uber is expecting to go public on Friday, May 10th, when it will be ringing the opening bell and when its stock will be publicly available to trade. That means you, the casual investor, will get your first opportunity to buy and sell Uber stocks. This is a, a huge deal around the financial world because of the sheer size of Uber, and it's expected to be one of the largest IPOs in history. Since Uber is going to be in the news for over the next few weeks and has been previously, let's take a look at whether we think that investing in Uber on its IPO would make for a good investment. And in order to do that, we first need to take a look at Uber, the company itself. So Uber was founded in 2009 and in 10 and only 10 years it has grown into a company valued at between 90 to 100 billion dollars. Now, that's remarkable growth in only 10 years. It has gross bookings of about $50 billion, which means the total number of the total amount of fares earned worldwide is $50 billion. Now, $40 billion of that goes directly to the drivers. That leaves, leaves about $10 billion for the company itself in, gross, in net revenue. Uber can credit ex, its, its success to a couple of reasons. The main one being that the it's a disruptor, like many Silicon Valley companies. And the industry it disrupted is was an industry or is an industry that was begging for disruption. And that industry is the taxi industry. Now, if you're anything like me, you hate taxis. I hate taxis. I hate the taxi industry. I hate everything about taking a taxi. The fares are too high. The cars usually smell. The drivers are inattentive and rude. When was the last time you took a taxi ride where the driver wasn't on a Bluetooth having a conversation with some unknown person? I've personally been in a taxi that has ran multiple red lights, another that didn't even come to a complete stop to let me out, and a couple that have refused to let me out as they've driven around racking up the fare. And if you had a problem with any of your drivers and you wanted to file a complaint, well, you're shit out of luck. Nothing's going to happen. You could call the company and you'd have no way of knowing anything that happened probably wouldn't get any money back. Driver probably wouldn't get this discipline. So the sooner the taxi industry dies, the better off we'll all be. Now, maybe you're not, you don't feel as strongly about the taxi industry as I do, but maybe you do. Now, Uber has, Uber drivers might have their own problems. You know, there have been horror stories out there. Um, however, in my, my experience and the experience of people I know, taking an Uber is just a far more convenient and enjoyable experience than taking a taxi. Now, Uber kind of trumps taxis for a couple of reasons. The first is being convenience. To order an Uber, take out your phone, open the app, set your destination, and then set your location, and that's it. You, you can request a driver. You can see where the driver's at, how long they'll be there. You can see the driver's rating, the type of car, everything. For a taxi, you couldn't do that. If you lived anywhere other than a big city, or around a transportation center, like an airport, 
you'd have to call beforehand to order your taxi because taxis just, you know, they're not out in residential areas. So you had to call, call a number to request your taxi. And then you'd have no idea of knowing whether that taxi was going to show up on time or whether they even show up at all. Now, imagine if you're heading to the airport with a flight to catch and you order a taxi for the night before expecting it to get there at a certain time. And then the time comes and passes and t- the taxi's not there. So what do you do? You could call the taxi company again, but then that would take some time to get a taxi out there. Now, Uber doesn't have that problem. If for some reason your Uber driver cancels, well, the next driver will come and pick you up. So Uber is 100 times more convenient than taxis. And another reason that Uber is better than taxis, in my opinion, is the fares are lower. One of Uber's business strategies when it entered a new market was to lower rider fares in hopes of you know, poaching customers away from taxis and even from its competitors like Lyft. So naturally, Uber fares to get anywhere are just are less than it costs to ride a taxi. The company also has an impressive international reach. And I think the number of countries it's operating right now in is over 90. And I was in New Zealand recently, back in December of 2018. I needed to get back to my hotel after dinner and ordered an, open up my app, my Uber app ordered a ride and within two minutes the driver was there and that was that simple you know thousands of miles away from home still able to order an uber so uber is a remarkable company but does that mean that we should go ahead and buy its stock on the first day it trades my answer is going to be no and i'll explain why and one of the reasons why or the main reason why that i don't think investing in uber at least on in the early stages is a good idea And that reason is because Uber can't make any money. Uber has a problem with losses. They, in its 10 years of existence, Uber has not had a single year of profits. And in fact, in last year, 2018 alone, they lost $3 billion. The last three years from 2016 to 2018, the company has lost almost $10 billion. That number is staggering. So it hasn't yet turned a profit any single year and even in its part of its filing to go public they the company admitted that it won't be turning a profit anytime soon its business strategy as we kind of talked about earlier was when it enters new markets it kind of undercuts the competition and it does that by offering riders lower fares but also offers drivers like driving bonuses in a way to get drivers to you know to leave lyft and to go drive for them which would off, you know, would open more opportunities for rides, more revenue for the company. Now that's a that's a sound business strategy. It's a strategy that most businesses use. Most businesses don't make money for the first few years as they kind of build up its client base and establish itself, establish its brand. So Uber is no different than these companies. But I think Uber has a problem that its inherent business model just isn't profitable. Three billion dollars in losses. That is huge. You know, you're taking in net revenues of $10 billion, so you're losing 30% on revenue. That is unsustainable. And I don't think that Uber can just simply raise fares once it has more consumers, raise fares, lower driver fees, because there are always going to be competitors. Uber's main competitor, obviously, is Lyft, and it can do all it wants to drive Lyft out of the market. But if Lyft's out of the market, then there's going to be a new company that comes in. Because these markets are just too big for a single company. You know, there's not going to be one single 
ride-sharing company for the entire country, the entire world. So that's the problem I see is this. I don't think that the when they start raising revenue or start raising fares for riders and start lowering the amount it's paying to its drivers, I don't think that's going to have the intended effect that they think it is. And part of that is that Uber just, there isn't much brand loyalty here. I'm not loyal to Uber. I'm loyal to whichever app gives me the shortest wait time and the lowest fare. So if I want to order an Uber, I'm also going to order, uh, I'm also going to open my Lyft app and see, compare the prices, compare the weight. I'm not loyal to Uber. I don't think anybody's loyal to Uber. People are just loyal to ride-sharing apps in general, not having to drive when they don't have a car. I would feel a lot better if the company itself kind of painted a path towards profitability, but they haven't done that. The executives of the company love talking about the revenue. It's impressive revenue, and they love to highlight that fact. But even then, revenue in 2017 grew at over 100%. Revenue in 2018 grew at about 42%. So its growth, its revenue growth has already been cut in half. Its losses keep getting bigger. The company itself has yet to really detail, lay out a detailed plan towards profitability. They do, you know, they do talk about in kind of vague generalities where they're, oh, we'll raise fares. But like I said... You know, raising fares, you're going to have a negative impact on the number of consumers. Raising fares, you might have, you might end up with more revenue, right? The increase to revenue from the, f- the fare increases might overwhelm the number of users that are lost. But I don't see how just raising fares is going to increase, is going to wipe out that $3 billion loss. It just isn't. And they haven't talked about that. And that kind of worries me. Now, to its credit, Uber has kind of diversified its offerings and it has its own electric scooter company now called Jump. And of course, it has Uber Eats, the uh, meal delivery service. But the problem with Uber Eats is that it also loses money. And I don't think that Uber Eats is, I think it has the same problem as Uber, that if you're planning on increasing increasing delivery fees to, you know, to wipe out that loss, I think you're going to lose a lot of customers. I mean, I know a lot of people that order Uber Eats and they're not huge orders, maybe 40 or 50 bucks. But if you're going to start doubling delivery fees so that you can finally turn a profit, you know, the convenience factor is lost because you're now you're paying too much money for that. Now, Jump, the electric scooter company, that does make money. But at the same time, you know, there are just there are a ton of other competitors like Bird that entered the market first. And the amount of money that Jump can conceivably make is pretty low compared to the amount of money that Uber is losing. Also, you know, if if you're expecting huge increases to revenue from Jump, you're going to start seeing hits to revenue in Uber because people, particularly in major cities, they're going to be taking Jump instead of Uber. You know, so it's not always you can't just grow Jump revenue and expect Uber revenue not to be hurt. So you may be wondering why Uber is valued so high if it really just can't can't turn a profit and it's burning through cash. And I can't really tell you exactly why. I mean, one thing it is, like I've already mentioned, it's it's the total revenue, it's the growth, and it's the international reach. So that drives a lot of the valuation. But I kind of think it also comes down to the Silicon Valley tech startup effect. Where an app like Uber is very popular, particularly among millennials. 
So a lot of the people that are going to be investing in Uber on its IPO are going to be, you know, less experienced investors, particularly millennials that they want to invest in Uber so that they can tell their friends they invest in Uber. Some of them might think that investing in Uber on its IPO would kind of be like investing in Amazon on its IPO or Apple on its IPO. So a lot of the valuation is driven just by this popularity of the company. And I don't think it's driven by sound investment advice. I mean, this company's lost $10 billion in three years. It's valued at 90 to $100 billion. I mean, how, how long is this sustainable? I'm going to look at two kind of similar situations to Uber. And those companies are Snapchat and Twitter. These are both, you know, Silicon Valley startups. They're very popular, particularly among millennials. And they both went public in the last five, six years. And both of those companies, neither one of them had turned a profit before. So let's take a look at Twitter. Twitter went public in 2013. And on its first day of trading, its stock price jumped by 73%. Within a month, its share price had more than tripled. Two and a half years later, the price had dropped by a whopping 82% from its peak and almost to half of its IPO price. So in the first two and a half years of Twitter, you would have lost almost half of your investment. And that's because Twitter just had trouble making money. Now, over four years later, Twitter finally turned a profit. And now its, now its stock price is actually higher than its IPO price. Snapchat is pretty similar, except that they still haven't been able to make money. So they went public in March 2017 with an initial trading price of $17. That price jumped to 26 on its first day alone. And it got to as high as $29 in its first month. But since then, the company hasn't been able to make any money. It still hasn't made any money. So oh, just a year and a half later in December 2018, that price, which had gone up to $29, was at less than $5. Now, since then... In 2019, the stock has actually rebounded very well, and it's up to almost $12. But that's over two years since its IPO, and it's it's still down about 40%. I see a lot of similarities with those two companies and Uber. And so I think Uber's stock price on the day of its IPO and the first few weeks is actually going to kind of mirror what happened with Snapchat and Twitter. I think it's going to, the price is going to be set, I think it's between $44 and $48. That price is going to, I think, jump on the first day and when it's the first few weeks where you have a bunch of inexperienced uh, investors that are flooding into the market to get a piece of the action. That will drive the price up. And what I think is going to happen when the price goes up, the institutional investors, the investment banks, the Uber executives employees that have the shares. Now, these are the people that have been working on the IPO for a while. These are the people that know the company front to back and have been working on the valuation. So if they set a stock price at $44 to $48, that is how much they think the company is worth. If that stock price jumps to say $55, $60 in a few weeks, what's going to happen is those investment bankers, those big time investors that own shares before the IPO and the Uber executives, they're going to sell their shares because they know the true value of the company. And at $60 a share, that's overvalued. So what's going to happen is that stock price is going to come down. It's going to come down a lot. It's probably going to come down below its IPO price. So these initial investors, they're going to be the ones making the money while the 
the new, the inexperienced investors that come in later, they're the ones going to be holding the bag for the losses. That's what happened with Twitter. That's what happened with Snapchat. That even just happened recently with Lyft. And I think that's going to happen again with Uber. So for that, for that reason, I'm going to stay out of the IPO. I don't think it's a good idea. I would like to, you know, the volatility for the first few weeks is going to be too much for me to really kind of enjoy. Um, I also just don't know if the company is really going to sustain itself long term, given its current model. I just don't. So that's not to say that a few years down the road as, you know, its its operations improve and maybe it starts to slash that loss and even turns a profit. I think then it could, then we take another look at it and consider investing in it again. But for now, as it currently stands, I don't think it's a good idea to invest in Uber on its IPO or in the first few weeks. I'd wait till that price comes down, which I think is inevitable, before considering maybe getting back into it. So that's all the time we have for this episode of the Casual Investor Podcast. I'd like to thank everybody for stopping by. Please like and subscribe to the podcast in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or however you may be listening. And we'll see you next time.